What's up, everyone? Welcome to the very first episode of the Beyond Terrain podcast. I'm your host, Liam Dalton. Today, we're going to have an in-house episode, just myself, where I'm going to present a little bit about myself, uh, my journey thus far, and the podcast in general. We're going to go over some of the topics that are central to my thinking and therefore the show as well. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. So on the agenda today, we're going to talk a little bit about why I wanted to start a podcast. Uh, some of the major topics to be covered, um, my story, uh, some sources that helped me kind of get to where I'm at now, uh, central concepts to the show. Uh, we're going to touch a little bit on the study of philosophy and alchemy or true science. Uh, we're going to talk about state of modern science. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about disease, what it is, what it isn't, uh, as well as uh, we'll touch on the role of the body and the psych as well. So. Why did I want to start a podcast? You know, uh, there's a lot of reasons, um, and uh, and we'll get into them more, I think, as the show goes on as well. Um, but one of the things was is, uh, you know, uh, I really wanted to, to produce something. Uh, I really wanted to to help uh, move this this terrain model forward, right? Um, and so basically, I feel like it's my contribution, um, partly. Uh, I also think it's great for where I'm at in life right now to start a podcast. uh, I just think I'll be able to connect with a lot of like-minded individuals. I'll be able to learn a lot, right? Because it's not going to be really centered around my thinking. It's going to be centered around the people that we have on. Um, And obviously, I get to share with with all the listeners. Um, So, you know, the first couple podcasts are going to be by myself. uh, And it's kind of going to set a little bit of a foundation for the future episodes to come um very centered around the terrain model of health and um how our environment depicts depicts our health you know our internal environment is a direct representation of the external environment um and so that's kind of foundational to this idea and and we're going to talk about uh how i got there um you know what i really want about from this podcast is i, I really want to think about what we're for here and not necessarily what i'm against so you know, although I'm going to be a little bit of a hypocrite here in the first few episodes where I'm going to be talking about uh, germ theory and, and modern science and its fallacies therein, uh, I really want to focus on moving forward and, and solutions, right? Like, I don't want to talk about everything that's bad in the world because that's just going to bring negative energy <laughs> and we don't want any of that around here. So, uh, although, you know, so it's important to mention, like, I am going to be a little bit of a hypocrite here in my first episodes where... um but, you know, there is a, a certain amount of importance to that, too, right? Because uh, there's a certain amount of unlearning that needs to be done as well. So um, I do think that's important. And and I certainly wouldn't have put the effort into making these podcasts, kind of compiling all my ideas uh, if I didn't think it was worth it. So uh, we're going to do that. Uh, but, you know, um, this, fo- this podcast is really, really going to f- focus on prevention, right? Um, so, you know... Uh, uh, fortunately, right now, I'm blessed with good health. And and uh, I, I truly believe that the best medicine is prevention, um, certainly not in the modern sense and in, in their interventions, but uh, in general, and living in accordance with nature and, uh, and living a good, he- healthy, mental, uh, spiritual, physical life um, is all all contributes to, to good health and, and keeping that forever, right, as long as we live. Um, you know, and so central to prevention is taking responsibility, right? So, so learning about the true models of health and the true models of, of mental health and, and, um, you know, everything therein, uh, 
we need to take responsibility for ourselves, right? There's no one else in the world that can that can save us or make us healthy or make us not mentally ill, right? It's it all begins within, right? So uh, we're we're certainly going to focus on the responsibility aspect of things, um, you know. And and I I do want to note that you know this is not going to be the podcast that's that's going to take down the establishment. I like to be honest, I could care less about what what other people are doing, right? Like, um, live and let live, you know, I, I'm focused on what I'm doing. Um, this is not here. Like, I'm not here to, to put other people down for their ways of thinking. Um, I certainly respect everyone else's ways of thinking. And, and if they want to live that, the life that they want to live and they want to live in, in accordance to that and everything that that uh, encompasses, that's, that's up to them. Right. So you want to live a modern lifestyle Well, you'll likely need you know, modern care. So, um, and this is kind of where the prevention comes in, right? Because we certainly want to prevent getting modern diseases. So maybe we should prevent, uh, the new modern causes of disease. <laughs> All right, let's move forward here. Uh, so the major topics that we're going to cover is, uh, moving the train model of health forward, or, um, I like to say that we're moving it backwards to more ancestral knowledge because, We've certainly had things figured out uh, before. Um, you know, uh, you look at any any tribe there; they certainly did not have the diseases that we've had. So we've gone astray, and we and we've gone uh, we've gone a little too far in our ways. And and uh, you can see it in the West uh, with the disease that we have. It's plagued our nation. It's plagued the entire world, really. But uh, certainly in the West, the the chronic illness is is a major issue. So. Um, and prevention is, is, is just central to it. So that's, that's the main, a main focus here. I'm, I will stress that a lot. I will be coming back to prevention all the time. Um, cause, uh, yeah, it's central. Um, so, you know, within this, uh, train model of health, you know, uh, we're really going to be focused on, on new frameworks, new paradigms, uh, new biology, new, you know, new concepts uh that are really old concepts right we've we figured that stuff out before we know it right um and one thing about the the modern framework that that is it you know it really holds them back is is that they need to understand everything they need to understand the details of everything and they cannot say that i like they don't understand something or they don't know something right so here we're not going to be ashamed to say that we don't know stuff there's a lot that i don't know and the more that i learn the more that i realize i don't know so um, you know, I'm, I'm no, uh, I'm no know-it-all and I'm no expert, uh, per se. Um, I just really want to focus on learning and expanding my knowledge. And, and I think that's a great place to start, especially, uh, in your younger years, because knowledge is power and it's never going to be more important than it is right now. Um, so really within this, uh, you know, terrain model of health, we're going to be looking at new science, the new biology, um, you know new models of of our you know our cells our systems our even our our mental um we're going to look at some ancestral knowledge uh from around the world we could take from every single every single line of ancestral wisdom and integrate it into our lives um we're going to be looking at their medicine uh you know we're going to be looking at uh psychology uh definitely uh, going to focus on that a little bit because you know, the psyche is kind of the mediator between the biological realm and the social realm, uh, which 
do have very important roles in our lives. So um, we're certainly going to focus on that as well. Um, and, you know, the training model tells us very, very holistic, right? So we're really going to be, you know, looking at everything, right? We're not going to, we're not going to just take one part, look at that and, and look at it by itself because it's useless. Everything's, everything's connected. We know that it's a very obvious thing that everything's connected. You look at an ecosystem and take a, take the frog out of the ecosystem and try and study the frog. Well, you know, is the frog going to behave naturally? I don't know. I don't know about that. Unless you can mimic its environment absolutely perfectly, which we can absolutely not do. Um, so yeah, within that, we're going to look at the societal factors as well. Um, obviously not through a social justice lens because we're all about taking responsibility here. We're not about victimhood here. Uh, we really, really want to focus on responsibility. Uh, you know, and to a certain extent, we're going to try and merge spirituality and science together for uh, lack of better words, uh, but uh, definitely open to talking a lot about that as well. Uh, spirituality, definitely not the dogmatic ways of of thinking in that either. Uh, we're certainly going to keep it open and, and true to nature um, and definitely want to touch on art, uh, architecture, uh, things like that, because that certainly affects our psyche, which in turn definitely affects our bodies um and we're going to talk a little bit about philosophy too i just find that interesting uh it may not be the most useful thing to to ponder on um but a little bit of philosophy never killed anybody so we'll probably touch on that as well um but yeah so essential to the podcast again is, is just living well we want to live well uh we want to have top of the line health uh we really want to optimize our health um, and this is going to happen through the physical, mental, and spiritual planes. Um, you know, and so mentally, we're going to, we're going to look at things. I like to look at things through the, uh, a king, warrior, magician, lover stance. Um, you know, where a king is, is, uh, a provider, you know, they're, uh, they're prosperous, right? They have their kingdom. They have, you know, they have high esteem and, and, uh, this aspect is certainly important. Uh, for young men and um and we'll touch on the feminine side of things uh you know i i'm not a female so it's hard for me to talk for them um but hopefully uh, we can get some people on to talk about that but but as for men we'll we'll certainly talk about this framework this king warrior magician lover it's a young in concept um and uh you know so king yeah prosperity warrior of course uh learning knowing uh, how to fight is is not a unnatural thing. Uh, being healthy uh, is central to that, and central to the warrior archetype. Um, you know, being strong, being physically able. Uh, so the magician archetype would be uh, knowledge, wisdom, uh, mental constraint, power, discipline, things of that matter. And the lover, of course, family oriented, joy, pleasure, uh, doing things you love, play, right, raising children, uh, animals, things of that nature. Um, so I like to take that framework. Uh, it's certainly helped me in my life um, in kind of structuring the way that I want to go about things. So so this podcast is kind of fitting into my uh, magician and, and king archetype, right? Because um, through like through this podcast, I've been learning more and more and more already, even just in the preliminary uh, kind of making of it. Uh, and I'll only continue to learn as I have guests on and 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 all that. Uh, and so I'm also producing something, right? So some would argue that maybe a podcast is not the most productive 
thing. Um, and, you know, it's not an absurd argument, but uh, it's a step in the right direction, right? So, you know, we don't necessarily need to start with uh, opening up a university to get knowledge out to people, right? So, although that might be a valuable goal down the road, <laughs> we'll see. Um, you know, so within this living well uh, idea, we're going to talk about other things as well, like uh, like farming. I, I'm big into the to permaculture, biodynamic uh, approach. Uh, we're going to talk about individual sovereignty, autonomy, self reliance. Uh, those are all central uh, to being a to being a good man and to being a good individual. Uh, we're going to talk about living naturally. You know, living in accordance with nature is is just fundamental, right? And and that's just fundamental to health, in my opinion. You know, if if we're disconnected with nature, you're disconnected from health. You're disconnected from everything, right? So. Uh, that's going to be part of it as well. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit of financial freedom. Uh, I do, I would like to get into some uh, more financial uh, talks with some people and, uh, and because, you know, in, in the modern world, there's a certain amount of modern living that we have to abide by. Um, and now finding the line of, of living the more ancestral primal way of life to keep our health and our mental health stable Um we can certainly take that and translate it into a modern way of living prosperously, right? Uh, so through financial freedom, we can certainly gain back a lot of sovereignty that we we wouldn't have if you know if you're doing without, right? Um, but you certainly don't want to gain financial freedom uh, at the cost of your mental or physical or spiritual health, right? So uh, it's about finding that balance, and and I do want to talk about that uh, on the show quite a bit because I think that's important. Because, you know, even eating healthy is very expensive. Uh, some would argue it's not. I would argue if you don't have time to do a lot of the stuff yourself, it is. So um, we'll talk about that as well. And it fits into the King archetype, right? So um, you'll probably hear me reference that a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, and so again, here I have noted uh, prevention is the best medicine, which it is. Uh, and uh there are many misconceptions of prevention. You know, prevention begins in the mind, for sure. If you pigeonhole yourself with ideas and complexes that, you know, you're diseased or you're anxious or you're this or you're that, right? That will manifest. Um, so we'll certainly talk about that uh, our mental state as prevention, uh, and of course, physical as prevention as well, right? Um, you know, is avoiding animal foods the best prevention for avoiding heart disease? Uh, well, not really. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about that further. Um, so we'll certainly highlight a lot of these misconceptions uh, in the podcast. Uh, and we'll talk about a lot of preventative measures that are true to nature. Uh, you know, my rule of thumb is that if it's not natural, don't do it. But just because it's natural doesn't mean that it can't harm you. <laughs> so that's kind of my my rule of thumb there. Uh, so let's get into a little bit about my story. Um, you know, this might be the more boring part for some people. So uh, check the timestamps and you can skip past it. But the, <laughs> I want to talk about a little bit how I got here. Um, you know, so you know, growing up, like I went to a, a smaller school, same school for my entire life. I had a really tight knit group of friends, which, which looking back was the absolute best thing that could have happened to me growing up because uh, all my boys, they're 
they're right on they're all like free thinkers we were all for ourselves we were all for the boys like um and and you know they're brothers more so than friends but uh we certainly fostered this sense of independence and growth and and even uh unity within a smaller friend group not necessarily unity in uh global um ideas right so you know because that can get very dogmatic and and uh you know uh but we were we were very about our own well-being and and we looked out for each other right so there there's that balance of of being really pragmatic um with yourself right and 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 being an individual uh but there's also this this notion that you need a certain amount of affiliative nature um of being around other people and and helping them out because because we are social beings for sure um that can't be denied um so yeah went through uh school certainly didn't think that I was going to go to university had a change of heart and and uh was financially driven and uh wanted to be a dental surgeon actually uh so I went to school for biochemistry in my undergrad uh originally biology but quickly switched out of that and thought biochemistry was more up my alley which in a way it was certainly more than biology but certainly has its shortfalls now looking back um and you know the the biochemical classes that I took were largely centered around genetics which was not the most interesting thing to me I certainly wanted to learn more about metabolism um and I learned a little bit about it but really not in a way that I wanted to learn uh I certainly got more out of a lot of my electives than my <laughs> uh science classes uh because they're so riddled with they're so riddled with with dogma it's not even funny um and we'll definitely be going over some of that in in the future podcast here uh so of course in my university career we got hit with the uh big fiasco that many call the pandemic um of course, uh, we don't necessarily abide by that narrative here on this podcast, um, but I will say that uh, I've never been so grateful for anything in my life because it certainly allowed me to open up my eyes and uh, really allow me to to unlearn a lot of things and relearn a more truthful way of living. It allowed, like, it afforded me a lot of time to think. Right, so I switched out of of the bio, or not of biochemistry, but. Uh, my my route of of going down into dental dentistry or being a dental surgeon um so you know I, i'm forever grateful for that because you know i would certainly not be here i would certainly not think the way i do if if it weren't for that so um we can't have any regrets or anything like that um and you know it was hard times it was it was the dark night of the soul it was uh it was a tough road but but uh coming out on the other side was was really beneficial it was it was huge it was definitely uh definitely central to to who I am now um so with that like through that time a lot of unlearning took place and and a lot of relearning as well right so um I I did start to get into more ancestral ways of thinking uh into more bioterrain models of health it, it didn't take long really um you know by March of 2020 I was I was already deep into Andrew Kaufman's work <laughs> in the in the terrain model health and and his study on exosomes and um and that man is really really a, a blessing to the world uh but i i did stumble upon uh, uh his works um i was actually 
I was actually just scouring the web and, you know, learning about the, the COVID and uh, the virus and, and, and <laughs> originally looked at how it was a leak from a lab, right? And uh, went down that rabbit hole a little bit, but then it led me to the truth. Uh, I stumbled upon a video um, and I, <laughs> they were talking about how germs don't cause disease and, and I went down into the comments and I wrote this big, long paragraph of a comment about how germs cause these and you don't know what you're talking about. And I study microbiology and, and, you know, we know the mechanisms of viral entry and how bacteria cause disease. And we know their toxins and their endotoxins and all of this stuff. And the, the maker of the video just responded with a, with a link to another YouTube video quotes, refuting germ theory. Uh, and it was posted on Andrew Coffin's channel. And, and that, that was an eye opener. I'll say that that was an eye opener. And so, yeah, getting into Andrew Coffin's work was really a blessing for me. Uh, his video rooster in the river of rats was, was great for highlighting how Koch's postulates have never been attained. Um, you know, he went over a bunch of papers and, on why it's never been done and, and the logical fallacies in, in the isolation processes. Uh, so that was really important. Uh, and then another uh, really foundational uh, guy was, was Tom Cohen. He's, he's amazing as well. Um, and I think Andrew Kaufman actually posted his work. I certainly learned of Tom Cohen through Andrew Kaufman, uh, but Tom's video on, on uh, a lesson on logic uh, was amazing. I think he used the the ping pong ball analogy to highlight how uh, we've come to the idea that viruses cause disease and and uh, the logical fallacies therein. And phenomenal, phenomenal video. I really, really urge people to check out those two top videos as a as a starting step for this this idea. Um, and then really, you know, it just started growing from there, right? Like every day, I would wake up and and like. I would really try to disprove the idea of the terrain theory. And I would really try to prove the germ theory, right? Because I didn't necessarily want to change my way of thinking. You know, I was already schooled a couple of years and in, in higher education. And, um, you know, I thought, well, how could they be wrong? How could everybody be wrong? How could, how could this idea be, be so incorrect and so popular at the same time, uh, which is a logical fallacy in itself. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it just, it was really snowballing from there. And, and the more I tried to prove the germ theory, the more I disproved it. And the more I tried to disprove the terrain model of health, the more I proved it. Uh, so really it was, it was just obvious. And, uh, you know, it, it only takes a little bit of logic to really see through it. Um, but the mental fortitude to be able to, you know, accept that what you've learned is wrong is is the most important part really because uh you know you could be told the information but if you're going to take it in and consider it truthfully and honestly that's a different story right so that takes a lot of mental fortitude as well um but yeah continuing the videos that really helped shape me uh one was a Hippo hippocratic hypocrisy by andrew kaufman and space busters that was absolutely phenomenal um yeah just uh just highlighting the the history of the germ theory um, and, you know, how kind of modern systems have, have taken over uh, another great one. Uh, we're going to go over a little bit about the history of germ theory in the next podcast. Um, but uh, that one was a very concise video. I'd highly recommend it. 
another great one was The Culture of Scientific Misdirection uh, by Thomas Woods Jr. Again, posted on Dr. Andrew Kaufman's channel. Uh, another phenomenal video just highlighting the fallacies and the studies that have been done on things like, uh, like you know, just modern, modern ways of medicine, right? So, uh, and, you know, getting into this thinking, you know, I really wanted to dig deeper. And so I started getting some books, right? So initially, I started with the videos, and, and then I really, really wanted to get into it. And uh, so we got into uh, my first book was uh, Inventing the AIDS Virus by Peter Duisberg. Uh, that was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, really highlighted for me, uh, the problems within the modern scientific community, right? And even just how people go about publishing things and the peer review process and uh, how science is more of a popularity contest and a political thing than than anything. It's We've gotten really far away from true science, uh, which is so problematic. Um, you know, there's so many vested interests and, and problems in it. Uh, uh, another really important book for me was More of Resonance by Rupert Sheldrake. And uh, this was really, really an amazing book uh, because he's a big uh, merging spirituality or, or religion with science um, and how they don't in exist independently. Uh, and he highlighted a lot of issues with the current scientific field and, and their dogma and, and vested interests as well. So, you know, like opening up my mind to the corrupt of the scientific community and scientific field was very important because you know you don't necessarily think that you know there there's a benefit to having this information put out and this agenda and this you know these modern ideas put out uh but it really does serve as a way to well, it always all comes down to money, right? It always comes down to money. So, um, you know, follow the money and and you'll find the truth. But <laughs> in continuing with the books that uh, helped me get here, What Really Makes You Ill by Don Lester and David Parker. Just an amazing book, comprehensive book. Might be the best book to begin with. It's rather big and dense, uh, so it might not be as well. I do have a reading list that I, I provide here in the next upcoming slides. But What Really Makes You Ill, very comprehensive. Um, you know, when I initially read it, I skipped sections because I actually didn't want to believe the sections. Like I skipped the section on vaccines and I skipped the sections on like, you know, things like antibiotics, right? Because I, I, I didn't necessarily want to believe that those were unhelpful and potentially dangerous or most definitely dangerous. Um, but yeah, so uh, it certainly uh, was a very important book. And going back after funny, like reading them like years later, I, I skipped them and didn't read them, right? So I was starting to kind of get into this well, it's obvious that germs and microbes don't cause disease, but I still didn't really want to accept fully what that entailed, right? But using logic, you know, it's obvious um, what that does entail, uh, if that is the truth. Um, and so a couple of podcasts that I got into, Alpha Vedic, Dr. Bale Prolando is absolutely phenomenal. Fountain of Wisdom uh, with Mike Winner, uh, another great mind. Uh, another great podcast is The Terrain Theory. And Humanely Podcast, I'd highly recommend checking those out as well. They're fantastic resources. And so here's the reading list that I would likely uh, recommend to someone who kind of want to get into this. Uh, I always recommend Nutrition and Physical Degeneration by Weston A. Price. Just an absolutely amazing read. Um, you know, studying the native, the natives from around the world, right? Different groups of natives. Uh, you know, I think there was there was certain there was over ten different uh 
untouched native tribes where he compared the natives consuming a native diet and living a native way of life compared to the exact same native group living a modern way of life consuming a modern diet uh, and show the differences in their teeth right so cavities cavity incidents went from one to five percent in the native groups to you know 30 to 60 percent in the modern modern consumption groups uh so again just an amazing read and it kind of highlights the importance because he does touch on tuberculosis and and how it's it was never seen and this was a big disease at the time how it was never seen in in the natives consuming the native diet and living the native way of life uh but it was always seen in the same native group consuming the modern way of life and diet uh so the next book i'd recommend is uh the moth and the iron lung uh, by Forrest Moretti. This was another great book. Uh, beautiful read, really easy to read. Kind of just highlighted the discrepancies in the way things flowed. It kind of goes over the history of polio. Um, of course, on how it likely wasn't a little virus that caused all of these polio cases, but rather toxicities uh, like Paris green, lead arsenate, and eventually DDT. Uh, some claim the vaccine, the polio vaccine actually caused some, you know, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if that caused polio as well. But, um, you know, the cases of polio were certainly on the decline before the vaccine was rolled out. Um, obviously, that is the story that's <laughs> with every single vaccine that's ever been rolled out. Cases are always on the decline or it comes out and nothing changes like influenza or COVID vaccine. For that matter. Uh, the next book I'd recommend is The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Fitzenberg. Uh, this is an absolutely amazing read as well. Uh, it goes over the history of electricity and how it may be contributing to our ill health. Um, again, a very large, dense book. Uh, very, very informative. You certainly get your money's worth and it's worth the read. Uh, you know, the unnatural electric currents that we live in constantly that I'm living in right now, I'm have the Wi-Fi turned on and a device in front of me that has, you know, these electromagnetic frequencies. Uh, it's very hard to avoid, but it's important to navigate in this modern world. Uh, so I'd definitely recommend that. Uh, the next book, Inventing the AIDS Virus, kind of going over the the whole uh, AIDS debacle and uh, and how that came about and the problems therein. Great read, fairly easy read, fairly large book, not too bad, uh, definitely worth your money. Um, you'll realize that AIDS is just the first round of COVID. <laughs> so uh, great book, definitely needed in this time. Uh, then I'd, I'd certainly recommend What Really Makes You Ill, Don Lester and David Parker. Again, comprehensive book, kind of answers a lot of questions, a lot of fills in the blanks. It's, it's a great book. Uh, and then uh, number six, I'd definitely go with the this is a three-parter i'd go with um dr Com cohen's books uh they're absolutely amazing he has one on water and cancer one on vaccines and autoimmunity uh and childhood illness uh he wrote the contagious myth a contagion myth uh in relation to the covid fiasco as well as human heart cosmic heart and this this series kind of they're very short they're very easy they're very well written uh dr Com cohen is an absolutely phenomenal author um and he really opens it up past to past the terrain theory, right? Because the terrain model of health is more than just this terrain theory, right? It it really opens up the horizon to to this new way of life, to this new biology, uh, to this new 
these new old frameworks, right, of health. So he's amazing. Uh, he definitely does his due diligence. Dr. Tom Cohen couldn't recommend him enough. Amazing. Um, and then the extras I have here, uh, you know, flowing really well from Dr. Tom Cohen's series is the fourth phase of water, cells, gels, and the engines of life by Dr. Gerald Pollack. He is just an extravagant thinker, an extravagant uh, writer as well. More textbook-like books, but absolutely amazing, especially if you want to understand uh, you know, the role of water in the body and the new structure of cells, right? And the discrepancies in cellular biology. Um, another good book on electricity is The Body Electric by Dr. Robert O. Becker. Uh, again, just an amazing book, um, beginning with uh, work on salamanders and the the healing frequencies within their body um, and how they heal that. And he goes into some uh, he goes into some stories about how he's healed with those frequencies. He's mimicked them uh, using silver electrodes in humans. Um, and, you know, the credibility I'm not 100% sure on, but it's phenomenal read regardless. Uh, you know, understanding these these electrical, the uh, understanding the electrical importance of the body is central because really our bodies are electrical much more than they are biological or chemical. Uh, because at the basis, well, chemistry is electrical, um, and we've certainly got away from that idea. But <laughs> uh, next, I, I I would recommend Morphic Resonance, uh, a more abstract book, um, you know, kind of new age. It kind of goes against the new age neo-Darwinism of evolution, um, talking about more of the relation uh, to the collective unconscious. And it proposes a much more sound uh theory of evolution um certainly more in accordance with our timelines whether you can believe them or not uh but yeah rupert Sheldrake, amazing amazing author um and then if you really want to dig deep you know the blood in its third element antoine bichon really any of antoine bichon's work he's really uh the pioneer of of this field um you know there's there's other authors you could get into that are that are really deep into this gunther and their line or gaston naissance uh, really, there's there's a lot that you can get into. And we'll touch more on that in the third podcast uh, in talking more about the Turing model of health. Um, so now we're going to touch on a little bit of a few of the central concepts of this podcast, right? So uh, things that I've taken from the books and the and the things that I've read and, and listened to so far, um, you know, the major central concept really, like, is the gel body, right? Um and this kind of builds upon the fourth phase of water. So I'd really highly recommend uh, Gerald Pollack's work in this. And Dr. Cohen thinks of it very well and speaks of it very well as well. Uh, and uh, Gilbert Ling is another one uh, who's amazing. And Harold Hillman are amazing for this new cell biology um, and pointing out the fallacies of modern cell biology as well. Uh, and so this gel body or, you know, crystal body, right, is 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 uh, an interesting concept because, you know, Although our bodies are, you know, 70% liquid by volume or 99%, 99.999% by molecular count, uh, you know, we are not water, we are not liquid, you know, we act as a gel, you know, if you feel your body, or if you cut yourself, you don't leak water, right? It's, it's gel like. Um, and so this kind of state that's between solid and liquid uh, allows for a lot of these cellular cellular processes and, and actually highlights uh, the process as well. And, you know, I believe it's a central concept because really like getting back to the true health of our bodies and, and understanding the importance of the food that we eat and not necessarily just 
it's not necessarily just macros, but it's energy, right? So it's electricity, it's nutrients, it's micronutrients, it's it's uh, it's elements, right? We need to be consuming water, proper water, not city tap water with pesticides and pharmaceutical drugs and you know fluoride and chlorine and you name it. It's in there. It's full of crap. You know, spring water is obviously ideal, uh, or water from you know fruits or milk, raw milk, or, you know, raw foods, like in general, like raw meat or um, anything of that, you know, raw fruits, raw vegetables um, that has true structured water, right? That has the true gel water, natural water. Um, and our bodies produce natural water as well. So, you know, as as you metabolize it, it all comes down to, to the creation of water uh, at the end of it. Um, so, you know, that's a rather important concept, the gel body. And we'll break that down further and uh, and its importance in uh, the biotrain model of health, uh, mostly in the third podcast. So if that's out now, you can skip the second one, the boring history of the germ theory. No one cares about that anyways. It's stupid anyways. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, it's it's rather important to, to learn about at least uh, slightly. Um so uh, the next central concept, you know, the microcosm of the internal environment is a direct representation of the macrocosm. And this is an idea that's extremely old. You know, Hippocrates talked about this. Uh, it's, you know, written in code in the alchemical text. You know, it's it's really logical. It just makes sense. You know, if you live in a polluted environment, the inside of your body is going to be polluted. It really doesn't take too much to understand that you know, go outside and go camping, you feel great, you know, live inside a sky rise downtown city, you're gonna feel like crap. It's, it's really, really simple, really easy to understand, really easy to understand. Um, another central thing that we're going to touch on a lot is, is the study of alchemy. Um, because really, in these texts, you know, we already understand the fundamental aspects of nature, uh, the principle of mentalism, uh, that being that we live in a mental universe, the principle of correspondence as above, so below, which also the microcosm of the internal environment is a direct representation of the macrocosm as above, so below, so below as above. Um, and I guess in relation to the statement above, it would be um, as within, so without, as without, so within, right? Uh the principle of vibration that everything's constantly in motion even though it seems like it may not be in motion it certainly is in motion uh the principle of polarity that things exist in polar um opposites it's kind of more that's a very abstract concept uh the principle of polarity it's rather hard to explain um using words because it's kind of something that can only be understood and less so explained although uh many do very good jobs at explaining it and um, and we'll certainly touch on these concepts in more depth, but uh, just to present them in brief for the purpose of this first introductory episode, uh, we'll keep going here. Uh, the principle of rhythm, um, you know, that things act on a, a pendulum, um, you know, and, and I even like to think of this as as the the circular motion of things, right? Or the sine motion of things that things kind of come up and down and up and down, you know, things aren't linear, right? In life, thing, things are not linear. And then that's really what I get from this principle of rhythm. Uh, of course, principle of cause and effect, that every effect has a cause. Things do not occur random. That is the biggest misconception, the biggest fallacy of the modern way of thinking, um, you know, that things can occur randomly. It makes absolutely no sense, no sense at all. And the principle of gender, 
that everything has an ascribed gender, masculine or feminine energy. Uh, that's central to our study of the psyche, uh, study of archetypes, uh, things of that nature. And, you know, very helpful in nature as well, right? It's it's innate. It's it's within us. It's biological. It's, it's grounded in nature. So um, another central concept, and this is one that I teetered back and forth on so much, like like an unbelievable amount. And I can't necessarily say that I'm 100% sure in this. I'm, I'm fairly sure in this because it kind of relies on the cause, the principle of cause and effect. Uh, but the dose does not depict poison. That's the worst statement I think that I've ever heard. Yeah. So you know what? I am sure about this. This is the worst statement I ever heard in my life. Uh, the dose depicts the gravity of the reaction, right? It's the law of cause and effect, the principle of cause and effect. You know, you give yourself uh, a dose of mercury. Well, if you give yourself, you know, 0 0.001 moles of mercury, you know, or you give yourself, you know, the smallest minute amount, think of the smallest amount of mercury that you could give yourself and you put it in your body, right? Well, it's going to have the same effect just on an extremely small scale. So it might not cause major uh, symptoms. It might not cause presentable symptoms, but it's still going to cause an effect. It's still going to have an effect on the body. Right. So whether you give the smallest amount of something of a toxin that you can give, it's still going to cause an effect. Now, you give the very large, you know, dose and you're going to have presentable symptoms that we can see. And that's why we think that the dose doesn't depict the poison, just because the lack of symptoms is not necessarily health. Right. That's essential. That is a very, very essential statement, especially for this podcast. You know, just because you don't have visible symptoms doesn't mean that you're necessarily in optimal or perfect health now if you lack symptoms and you live a good happy healthy life well then you're happy you're healthy whatever you know that it's up for us to determine you know we the people know we the people have the power and we the people know ourselves the best we are the experts of ourselves uh so listen to yourself you know definitely listen to yourself you know you don't need to rely on other people to tell you how you feel or how you live but when you listen to yourself, you have to be honest with yourself. And that's very difficult. Very, very difficult. I'm no master of that. This is a very difficult thing to master. I don't know anybody that's a master of that. You know, even Carl Jung is not a master of that. Maybe when he died, he was. But it's a very difficult thing because some may even argue that it's impossible if we get into the Jungian ideas of things. But anyway, we'll leave it at that. And uh, another essential essential concept is that life is electrical and geo geometrical uh you know this is we are not a modern game of billiard balls of random chemical reactions and biological systems right biology is supposed to be the study of nature well we've kind of gotten away from that uh and we've reduced the body a lot especially to its chemical components it's biochemistry right i learned a lot about this in my undergrad you know the idea that we are just randomly colliding chemical reactions one it makes no sense because you know we're trillions and trillions and trillions of reactions per second you know for it all to randomly occur and the movement of the chemicals therein it, it just makes no sense really um that reductionist idea is just flawed in its entirety it's terrible um so, you know, we are electrical beings, we're spiritual beings, we're conscious beings, we're energetical beings, we are natural, you know, we are nature. That's what we are. We are not a textbook, biological textbook. And that goes for 
even what I'm talking about now, you know, even when we get into Ling's and Hellman and Pollack's ideas of the new concept of the gel body and the, and the new cellular ideas. Well, you know, we're humans. No one argues with that. We're made up of a head, arms, legs. That's a Cohen idea right there. <laughs> but, you know, no one argues with that. It doesn't, you don't need to delve deeper. You know, I'm delving deeper because I, you know, it's important if we're going to try and create an argument for this way of life, for many people, they need to, even myself, I needed to understand this framework to kind of move myself forward within it, right? Many people can understand things. They can understand, okay, well, I'm a human being. I belong in nature. Simple. You're healthy. Do natural things. Easy, right? Uh, some people need to know, oh, well, show me scientific studies, da, 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 and <laughs> show me the theories and this and that. So, you know, we're going to provide that. We're going to provide that. We're going to provide, you know, the logical, easier sense to understand. Um, but sometimes it's not that easy. Um, another central concept is that correlation is not causation. And this was taught, I've, I've been learning this for a very long time. And I rarely, rarely, rarely see it employed. <laughs> Correlation is not causation. Uh, renders most of the epidemiological field absolutely useless. We saw through COVID, nothing but correlation was causation, right? That that was the big, that was their mantra, pretty much. <laughs> it's just absolutely ludicrous. Um, so anyways, the, we, the modern systems just certainly don't live by that. Um, but, you know, we... We, we will try our best and because it is a, a very important concept and and we certainly don't want to make any claims that you know we can't back up um the next one is uh the power of thought you know we this is a you know a principle of mentalism uh alchemical notion again um you know our thoughts depict our universe our thoughts depict the reality every single Every single physical thing was a sustained thought before it became into the physical realm. Everything that happens was a thought. Um, you know, so some good books on this, uh, Bruce Lipton's Biology of Belief, that's a fairly popular one. Uh, Your Invisible Power by Genevieve Berhrend, uh, another great book on uh, the principle of mentalism. Um, you know, this has been talked about thinking grow rich. It's manifestation essentially, right? It's been talked about for a very, very long time. Um, you know, uh, there's also this uh, notion of the effect of thought and emotion of water on water, right? So uh, Veda Austin uh, has done a lot of work in this area. She's phenomenal. Definitely check her work out. And uh, Masaru Moto was her um, was her teacher. Uh, and essentially that, you know, our thoughts can imprint uh geometrical structures on water right and this speaks to the to the uh, structural properties of water and the, the uh fourth phase of it uh but also speaks to the power of our of our thoughts um and emotions on water uh, and in general and if our bodies are mostly water well you can put two and two together there um and obviously the new age concept of neuroplasticity ties into this power of thought very well right you know our, our environment depicts you know, our genome and our our neural networks. So, and and what you think does as well, and what you do. So, it's very important. Um, definitely something that I really want to continue to do is stay open minded. Uh, the last thing I want is to be overtaken by dogma. Uh, anything that I talk about, certainly open to hear 
the other side. I actually seek out uh, to learn about the other side of things quite a bit. Um, I think that's really important. Um, you know, I'm open to pretty well any concept. You know, I'm going to have people on the show that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, I think that's that's absolutely paramount. You know, uh, you know, there's no idea that I can't entertain. Um, and, you know, even I'd love to have people on to come on and try and refute the terrain model of health and back the germ theory. I cannot guarantee that anyone would be willing to do that. But I'm certainly going to search for it. Um, but yeah, we want to remain open-minded. You know, if someone comes out with a perfectly sound, logical Koch postulate study tomorrow, we're gonna to have to reconsider this podcast. We might have to change the name. Uh, but uh, but uh, we definitely want to remain open-minded. You know, we don't want to get stuck in dogma. Um, I think that's really important for for everybody in this earth, and I think that's something that everyone can learn from. And so it's something that I want to live by and employ, especially in this podcast. Um, we're gonna keep growth and abundance mindset here. Uh, you know, there's no, the myth, like scarcity is a myth, you know, nature provides, you know, we can fish all the salmon, we can kill all the bison, we can, we can, we can screw over our environment as much as we can, but nature is resilient and thus we are resilient. Um, we're going to always keep this in mind. Uh, we're going to keep the growth mindset. Part of an open mind is the growth mindset. Um, we're always going to be learning new things. We're always going to be pushing ourselves forward, learning, growing. King, warrior, magician, lover, we're just going to be getting better all the time. And, and I want everyone that listens to this podcast to do one thing, you know, have the girl mindset, have that open mind. You know, that's the important thing. And lastly, the responsibility mindset. You need to take responsibility for your actions, for what you do, for everything that happens in your life. You need to take responsibility. We are not a victim of society. We are not a victim of germs. We are not a victim of our genetics. We are not a victim of anything. Take responsibility for your life. That is extremely, extremely important. If you don't do that, well, you'll end up a victim, closed-minded, and guess what? You're not going to grow. You're going to shrink into nothingness. So keep that in mind. All right, next we're going to talk a little bit about alchemy. This is certainly not going to be comprehensive and likely will not even make a lot of sense, right? I'm no alchemical master. I'm certainly less than an adept, an apprentice, if that, uh, you know, I've, I did take a course in university on alchemy and it was rather good. And, and uh, you know, um, but again, no expert here. And I want to have experts on to speak about alchemy because I think it's an extremely, extremely important talk. It, it, it's true science. It's life science, right? It's complete science. It's not materialist materialism is flawed quantum mechanics disproves materialism materialism makes no sense it does not study quantum if you are of the modern mind study quantum mechanics it has disproved materialism the double slit experiment everything materialism we don't have, we don't want anything to do with that right alchemy merges this spiritual side of things the the, the energy within the consciousness and the matter, right? Because matter is just a manifestation of consciousness, right? We'll get into more of those concepts later. Um, what alchemy is not, it's not the study of creating gold out of lead. Uh, that's the uh, reductionist way of viewing alchemy. Um, and a lot of people, you know, harp on alchemy as being that, and that being the 
central concept of alchemy. Well, if that's what you think alchemy is, you're no alchemist and you're you're no initiate. <laughs> um, the central concept uh, through this initiation is a breakdown of the prima materia um, into the prima materia, sorry, um, and merging into an incorruptible new, right? So the idea is you take this lead, right? This this imprecious metal and you you boil it down, not to liquid lead, but to the prime materia, to the energy itself, to the conscious, to the bare bones. And, you know, with that, all you have is potential. It's pure chaos, right? It's pure potential. It's, it is the building blocks of the universe, more than the physical realm. And through this merging, or through this, through this, uh, breakdown right you get this 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 incorruptible uh base material you can make anything if it's pure potential you just it just needs to be ordered right and this is a you know jordan peterson talks about a lot like a lot about the the creating order from chaos right it's that's central it's simple right so you take the lead you boil it down into the building blocks of the universe and you create gold this incorruptible order this godly substance right gold sun um you know the thing about alchemy is that it's written in code it's not meant it it can't be written literally it can't be written literally because it, it it tries to explain the laws of the universe which is why it's written in story the importance of story is within alchemy within the study of alchemy you need to open your mind up more than the material world there's more than that uh, and so within alchemy, of course, uh, the hermetic principles that we went over earlier, um, they're essential to the study of alchemy. And and those are kind of the laws. Those are kind of the, the principles of reality. Um, uh, so that'll always be taken into consideration. Of course, it fits into pretty much anything that we could talk about. Um, so we'll reference to it quite a bit. Um, now, one thing that alchemy is, is it's the study of, of causality, of true causality, right? So looking at the cause and effect of things, it's one of its basic principles, right? Uh, so, you know, and within this idea, you know, matter follows energy. That's central, right? That's something that the reductionists, the material reductionists do not have. They do not have that material follows, matter follows energy, right? We say in mental illness, oh, well, you're depressed. You have a neurochemical imbalance. That's the modern view. Well, it's more likely that, you know, you're depressed, your energy is off, and through neuroplasticity, your brain develops this neurochemical imbalance as an effect, cause being that your energy is off, that you live this depressing way of life. You know, you live this modern, empty, meaningless way of life. Um, and it's not as though, you know, the studies don't support that, the latest meta-analysis of the biological cause of depression proved that there was insufficient evidence to to prove that or to say that that uh, depression is caused by a neurochemical imbalance so you know out the window with that um you know matter follows energy right our genetics follow our energy things are not genetically caused right you know you provide yourself with the inoptimal amount of nutrients or energy, well, our genes will adapt, right? Our genes are not the cause of disease. Certainly not. Matter follows energy, always. 
fix your energy. That's very important. That's why getting back to nature is central to being healthy, right? If you have no energy, if you don't touch the ground with your bare feet, if you don't go out into a natural body of water and go for a swim or climb a tree or look at an animal or breathe in fresh, clean air, right? Your energy is going to be off. And and matter follows energy. It's it's so important. It's so central, right? Um, you know, so this alchemy idea, uh, it's a life science. It's the study of life. You know, we're concerned with living things. In alchemy, the idea is not to it's not to kill things to study it. It's to it's to observe things in its natural environment. Observe yourself in its natural environment, right? Um, so it's life science. And you know, uh Balance may not be central to alchemy per se. Um, you could probably make an argument that it is, uh, but balance is certainly central to this to this Turian model of health. And and balance is not necessarily center, so we need to clear that up. If if balance is ever referenced in this podcast, it does not mean the center of things. It does not mean two equally weighted things perfectly creating a balance because um, that's not necessarily the case. Always so balance, you know, it could be ninety ten percent wise, right? Uh, Things balance off in ways that you often don't think. So, something to consider. Are we going to look at the modern science? Uh, everyone's favorite. Uh, modern science, more like a death science. Um, we stopped observing things in the 1900s uh, with the Flexner report when they touted observation as being useless and being incomprehensive to scientific study. Essentially stating that observation is not enough to produce results. Um, so what did we decide to do? Well, we decided to take the frog out of its natural environment and kill it, dissect it, and learn about it. Well, does a dead frog act like a live frog? You'd have to be pretty crazy to think that that's true. So studying dead stuff doesn't mean that you're getting good answers for live stuff, simply put. <laughs> um, you know, even taking the frog, putting it in a box, a plastic box with artificial light for 18 hours of the day, the same color light, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. You need to look at things in its natural environment. Observation, that's key to life, but not to death. But, you know, this is a death cult. Um, so, uh you know, the, the modern science really looks at the study of effects, right? So it looks at, it looks at, it looks at the late stage of things, right? So, well, well, you have heart disease. Well, your arteries are full of plaque. They're full of cholesterol. Okay. What was the cause of that? Well, it's cholesterol. There's cholesterol present. It's cholesterol. That's, that's the cause. Okay. It doesn't make sense. They even admit that dietary cholesterol doesn't necessarily contribute to increased cholesterol. The argument could be dismantled so, so widely in so many different ways. Um, you know, uh, perhaps I shouldn't get into examples, but, you know, the study of effects, it's certainly the study of, of the effects, not the cause. They, they don't care about the cause because when you address the root cause of things, things go away, right? So address the effect, address the symptom. Don't address the cause of the symptom. Address the symptom. Oh, you have a fever? Let's reduce your fever, right? Um, 
just because you get rid of the symptom doesn't mean that the cause has gone away. So they look, certainly look at the effects. It's the comfortable way of looking at things. It's the victimhood way of looking at things. Uh, it's the reductionist way of looking at things. Um, so uh, another problem uh, with the modern science is the cherry picking of studies. You know, you can look at the literature. Here's the thing. You can look at the literature with any frame of mind and you can prove your, your idea is correct. You know, you can look at the literature with the terrain theory in mind and you can prove it correctly. There are a lot of studies that indicate that the terrain model of health is true. You can look at studies that point towards the germ theory being true. You can look at studies, say cholesterol is heart disease and cholesterol is not heart disease and animal products are heart disease. And, you know, veganism is good for you and veganism is bad for you. You can look at the literature and, and come up with any answer. So really what the literature is, is it's polluted. It's terribly polluted. It's more polluted than our rivers and our oceans and our streets and everything right streets are polluted the asphalt is pollution but still the literature is more polluted uh and part of this is is because of the peer review process um it's kind of a just a major echo chamber um you know obviously uh, if you're doing a peer review and a study comes along that totally dismantles your way of life and all of your scientific work well you're certainly not going to agree with that and not say that that's the the way right so um the peer review process is certainly flawed it's it's just an echo chamber that's the best way to describe it right you don't have uh objective people evaluating the logic and rationale of the studies um you have them more looking at the ideas of things um and so obviously uh vested interests play a major role in the modern science um there's a lot of money involved uh studies don't get published that they don't get the results that the funders anticipated or want simply put uh modern science is politically based you saw through the whole covid fiasco nothing but politics it's absolute just a political mess um if you can't see that i don't know what to tell you uh it's all politics you look at the you can look at both sides of the news. You can look at anything. It's just, it's all politically based. It all comes down to the vested interest. It all comes down to money. Always the rich get richer, the poor get poor. Uh, the demolition of the middle class. That's what it comes down to. Uh, look at small businesses destroyed. You know, you couldn't go into a small business, but you could sure go into a Costco or a Walmart or a superstore. Anyways, I'll move on from that. <laughs> get the blood boiling a bit. Um, so one thing that modern science some argue that they do well is diagnosing. Uh, diagnosing is more like a sorcerer's spell, in my opinion. I think the worst thing, okay, well, this is arguable because the, you could say that the worst thing is if, uh, you know, a doctor were to tell you that you have three months to live. Well, what happens is, is people have three months to live and they get caught in the spell of, oh, I have three months to live and I'm going to die in three months. And if that's what you focus on, then you die in three months. Now, you do have this group of people who get three months to live, they say, screw this, I'm going to go live my life, I'm going to live it to the fullest, I'm going to quit my job, I'm going to take all my money and go and travel and live in a van and backpack or hike up a mountain, do all this crazy stuff that they could only dream of doing their entire life. And then they beat cancer. It's very interesting. You hear these stories a lot, most often all the time. So in that sense, diagnosing, you know, is more like a blessing. But it depends on the person, right? It depends on the person. It depends on the situation. 
um, it would be a lot more better to be a lot better to to foster that idea that way rather than than giving this this diagnosing spell right so it's like um john uh morrow this is i believe modro john modro um how to become a schizophrenic mentioned about uh talks a lot about schizophrenic in the case against biological psychiatry another phenomenal read especially if you're in the psych field um you know talks about how if you're treated as uh if you're treated as a schizophrenic if you're treated as someone who's going to have a psychosis well it's likely that you'll have one if not sure if not certain um if you're treated as you know a cancer patient if you're treated as you know someone with the disease well, you get stuck in that right you get stuck in this mindset and this is the part of the mentalism that i was talking about earlier right do not ascribe like do not say tell yourself that you are this that you are this diseased person do not say oh i'm a depressed i'm a depressed person right what do you think that's going to do for yourself it's not going to do anything for yourself right same as you know don't identify with these complexes it's not productive at all you know live your life as a human being well i'll mention this i was listening to um the biggleson brothers uh they were talking about their father who uh, Harvey Bigelson, Dr. Harvey Bigelson, absolutely phenomenal, um, phenomenal doctor, uh, amazing, cured so many people. Now, one of his sons was talking about, uh, I can't remember which one it was, but uh, one of the Bigelson brothers, they were talking about how when their father would would deal with these cancer patients, um, you know, they'd come for a month time and, and well, by the end of the month, they'd be cured of their cancer, of course, because this guy was a true doctor. Um, and they would, they would talk about, you know, how, how, you know, his father would say to the patient, okay, well, you're done, you're done. You don't need to receive anymore. Like there's nothing left. And they say, okay, well, like, do I have to come back? Like, do I have to, do I have to come back and, and have a checkup or, or do this? He's like, no, you're cancer free. And then they would say, well, what am I supposed to do with my life? I've been a cancer patient for the last how many years? What am I supposed to do? I'm a cancer patient. Well, what am I now? He says, just go live your life. Do what you love. And these people have no clue what they'd love to do. And they have no clue what they want to do and how to live their life. Because, because they've over-identified with this complex that they are something that they're not. They are this diseased entity that will hold you back like nothing else, right? So diagnostics, I don't know. You know, you can just certainly... In the modern framework, um, diagnosing somebody, perhaps keeping it in files would be a better way to do it. But allow, like putting the spell on people and, and making people over-identify with these complexes is not helpful to the individual at all. Um, you know, telling someone that they're, you know, they're this, they're bipolar, they're anxious, they're schizophrenic, they're, it doesn't, doesn't help the individual. Uh, another problem is epidemiology. Uh, the reason it's problematic is because uh, we draw theory and we draw conclusions from epidemiology when epidemiology is, should only be used to generate hypothesis, hypotheses. Um, maybe that's right. <laughs> um, but epidemiology, you know, we take it really like this is where we get the correlation equals causation we have done that so much through COVID. this has been the like epidemiology really ran that ship it's the most 
ridiculous thing. We fund it way too much. It should only be used to generate hypothesis. We need to test those things properly. We need to, you know, have proper controls, which epidemiology certainly does not. Uh, it controls no variables. So, you know, epidemiology is problematic only because of how we take the results. Not problematic in essence, not problematic if done correctly. Um, and now, of course, we can talk about the benefits of modern science because it's not all bad. Um, obviously, technology uh, is a very important advancement. Uh, emergency medicine is phenomenal. It's the top of the line medicine. You know, you break your arm. Who are you going to go see? Emergency doctor. Well, if you're going to have a heart attack and you're going to die, it'd probably be good to go to an emergency room, um, you know, or if you're in sepsis even, right? So there's there's this balance and there's this need, right? Obviously, like avoiding these is the key, right? Don't, you know, don't get to a point where you're going to go into sepsis. Don't get to the point where you're going to have a heart attack. That's the true medicine, right? If you get to that point and you're in immediate danger and you're going to die, you know, go it's important to seek emergency medicine, which is which is the phenomenal aspect of it. Um, but for general health, um, you know, the modern medicine fields have certainly been failing. You can see that obviously in the West where, you know, medicine receives the most funding in the world and has the most diseased population. Um, so, yeah, modern deals with injuries very well. Uh, injuries and emergency medicine is certainly is certainly where it's at. Uh, technology helpful you know, very helpful, causes a lot of problems, maybe more problems than not. Uh, but if used correctly, if used as a tool, if used correctly, it, it's beneficial, right? So, um, but finding that balance is hard. And, you know, who wants to turn their Wi-Fi off at night? <laughs> it's such a pain in the butt, but you got to do it, right? It's like, it's important. It's it's important. You We shouldn't bathe in these electromagnetic frequencies all the time, constantly. Um, so to continue here, like I have a little bit of this a breakdown here. Uh, if you're viewing this on the video, uh, if not, I'll, I'm going to go over it verbally as well. Um, so kind of the way that we study things and, and, and where things are grounded in nature and where things get easily corruptible, right? Because these concepts kind of build on each other. So right at the base, you have mathematics and geometry, right? And built on that, you have physics, built on that, you have chemistry, built on that, you have biology, built on that, you have psychology, and built on that, you have sociology. And as you go down the list, it becomes more easily corruptible because you get further and further away of what's grounded in nature. Not to say that there's no good psychological concepts, no good biological concepts, no good chemical concepts or physical concepts. Not to say that there can't be truth. It's just that, you know, in our modern framework, we think that we're correct in absolutely everything, which is an absolute arrogant statement an arrogant idea uh that we're correct about everything that we know about physics chemistry biology psychology sociology um you know now one thing that we pretty much have mastered is mathematics and geometry right um things like sacred geometry numerology measurement these are all very rooted in nature it's very observable it's very they're law-like right they they occur all the time nothing nothing gets in the way uh, now, physics, uh, you know, so a lot of neophysics is, is speculative, especially when you get into the space stuff and, um, you know, even the quantum mechanics stuff, it's it's pretty abstract. Uh, it's kind of modern science's spirituality in a way. Uh, you know, I originally connected to spirituality through quantum physics because I was certainly of the materialistic mindset because that's what was ingrained in me uh, since I was born more so 
not necessarily through my parental influence, but through societal influence. Um, you know, things like physics, like, you know, we study electricity, right? So you, you could study the bioelectricity of the body and or quantum biology, right? And, and these are better fields, more rooted in nature, kind of get back more to the truth and not to say that they are true or that any of these concepts are true or false, but, um, you know, it's just, you can see how it gets easily corruptible, right? So with chemistry, it's like, look at the model of the atom. Okay, well, how useful is that, right? Because we say that electrons can be in one place and in another place at the exact same time, right? So it's it, it not that it's necessarily problematic, but just that how useful really is it, right? When you look back at the physical theories, right? The physics of it, right? Uh, it kind of gets a little more speculative, uh, you know, that this is the model of the atom. This is where all the all of the electrons and uh, protons should be, right? Um, so uh, next is biology. Uh, you know, materialistic biology is absolute garbage. Uh, we kind of touch on that a little bit. Um, you know, when it's purely physical, it's just it's just garbage. Uh, quantum biology, I mentioned that um, seems to be a better field integrating you know physics and biology together. Uh, it's better. It's better. It seems to be better, at least. Um, again, not stating the validity of quantum biology, but it seems to be better, right? And things like, you know, if you were to take uh, Tom Cohen's uh, new biology curriculum, I'm sure it's rooted in a lot of truth, and I'm sure because he's very rigorous with his, with his studies and he does his due diligence. That's that's for sure. Or if you take uh, the Biggleson brothers, um, you know, study on microscopy or or um, um, sorry, I'm blank on the name of their program, but. But like these concepts, although more biological in nature, are certainly still more rooted in truth, right? So, um, and, and with psychology, like uh, I'm a Jungian guy, like I like Carl Jung's theories. Now, is there shortfalls? Absolutely. Um, things like Alderian theory are good as well. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a difficult thing to study, right? So when you take a uh, materialist approach to psychology again throw it out the window it's absolute trash garbage um if you base psychology on the neurochemistry right that's very materialistic construct it's terrible absolutely terrible you're going to tell me that i can randomly develop this neurochemical imbalance and then just feel depressed all the time it uh, it it makes no sense it's not even grounded in the literature it's just foolish. Uh, and so another thing with psychology, perhaps there's no universal theories. You know, I'm not really sure about this. Perhaps there is like when you study the the principle of mental, you study from an alchemical perspective, alchemical psychology, likely more grounded in nature and, and truth, but uh, difficult. And sociology, I'm not even going to touch on that, right? <laughs> you got to talk about that one. Uh, not worth my time. Okay, let's uh, talk about disease. Slightly, we're going to talk about a little bit what it is, what it isn't here. Um, so disease, I like to describe it as the absence of light and distance from the source, right? Um, as you get further and further away from nature, uh, you know, you tend to be more diseased, right? You tend to get more rooted in disease. And, and this is certainly problematic. Um, pathogens do not exist in natural order. So, you know, nature is not out to get you. It's not out to kill you, you know? There's a beautiful balance in nature, right? And you may even say, well, well, look at a predator. Look at like lions, for, for, like for an example, right? Lions. Well, they're, they're out to kill you. No, they're not. 
lions are where the prey are, right? They're part of this delicate balance of the ecosystem where lions are only present because of the prey, right? You're not going to see lions out in the desert where there's no food, where there's no, right? It doesn't happen, right? So there's this delicate balance in nature, same as, you know, uh, you're walking through the woods and you see this this dead carcass, this dead deer carcass. Well, you're going to see it covered in flies and maggots. No one's going to sit here and say, oh, well, the flies and the maggots killed um, this this deer, right? It makes no sense. Uh, they're part of that delicate balance. They're, they're, they're the cleanup men. They're the garbage men, right? And so the garbage men analogy, well, you know, no one says that garbage men are the cause of garbage even though they're always present around garbage, they're always there around garbage. Well, they're not the cause of garbage and same as firefighters. Well, no one says firefighters are the cause of fires. It makes no sense, right? Although they're present at the cause or at the scene of fires all the time. So the analogy I'm, 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 I'm pointing to here is that, you know, microbes are not the cause of disease, although they're present at the site of disease. Uh, doesn't mean that they're the cause they're there part of the delicate balance of nature they're there as the garbage man the cleanup crew part of this delicate system in the body of of taking that taking that garbage or dead or diseased tissue and breaking it down into something that can be built again right it's an alchemical transformation simple um you know another idea is that disease does not exist right they're only self-correcting, self-healing processes in the body. That's very fundamental. Now, when we talk about things, we're going to talk about diseases, right? Because uh, for linguistic purposes, it's a lot easier. Um, but, you know, in its essence, diseases do not exist. They don't exist. It's not, you know, you don't have a disease. You have your body underwent a trauma from an injury deficiency emotion or a contamination um and it needs to be it needs to be cleaned up it needs to be it needs to heal right self-correcting process that's how we're going to think about disease so cause of disease right my hypocrisy right there point that out would you um you know things like injuries those are that's cause of disease cut yourself you know get bit by a lion <laughs> that's a that's an injury right that's a cause of disease right this disease state um uh deficiencies uh now what is essential is often argued you know what are the essential nutrients of the body you know this people go back and forth on we'll talk about uh this a lot on the channel um you know you have these the, essentially you have these two types of of uh deficiencies you have the organic or the inorganic compounds um you know so you have your minerals and you have your macronutrients and you have you know all of this stuff um you know now importantly in this in this idea of deficiencies causing disease i i like to think of it more as a deficiency in nature or deficiency in sunlight deficiency in love deficiency in movement happiness or sleep also contribute to disease it's not even argued um, another cause of disease could be emotion, um, you know, uh, unregulated emotion, uh, new, new German medicine gets into this concept a lot. We'll have some experts come on and talk about that. Um, emotions like greed, gluttony, fear, stress, sadness also contribute to an ill state of the mind and thus the body. Um, 
you know, so that certainly plays a role in the cause. Uh, now, you can also have contaminations, biochemical contaminations or electrochemical contaminations. So things like toxicities, heavy metals, uh, you know, glyphosate. Yeah, the list here is so extensive, I can't even begin. Uh, electrochemical, things like artificial frequencies, um, you know, non-native EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies, you know. It's it's going to contribute to disease. It's it's simply going to contribute to the ill health of your body. Um, now we'll talk a little bit about what doesn't cause disease here. Symptoms are not the cause of disease. You know, so fever is not the cause of disease. Inflammation is not the cause of disease. Swelling is not the cause of disease. Right? You break your finger, well, it swells up and there's inflammation. Well, no one says the swelling or the inflammation caused the disease. It it is there because you had an injury. You broke your finger. Right? Simple explanation. It's it's no different. As above, so below. It's no different in the rest of the body. If you have a fever, it doesn't just occur randomly because you're having this fever. It, it, there, it serves a purpose. It serves a purpose. It serves a self-correcting, self-healing purpose. It's a process of the body. It's innate, right? Um, so things like bugs don't cause these viruses, bacteria, fungus, parasites are all they're not at the, the cause of disease. Do they play a role in disease? Yes, they do. But they're not the cause of disease. You should not fear viruses, bacteria, fungus, or parasites. They're not going to cause disease. If you have a diseased environment, these are part of the self-correcting processes to help clean it up. So, you know, you have to look at that, right? Um, what is at the root cause? Why, why are viruses present, right? Well, is the cell dying? Was the cell dying before the viruses were there? Probably. Are you in a state of disease or is your environment, you know, dying inside because of toxicity or deficiency? Is that why the bacteria are present? You know, fungal states is a pretty late stage of disease. According to clear morphism, you could be a pretty diseased to have fungal infection, infection, right? Uh, infection being in, <laughs> in air quotes <laughs> because uh, infection is a fallacy. Uh, same as parasites, you know, you can eat, consume parasites. You know, I've seen people consume parasites online. And they don't develop these parasites within them. Why? Because their guts are healthy, right? Have an unhealthy gut, eat a parasite. Well, then maybe it'll stick around. You know, that's an idea. Uh, hormonal imbalances are not the cause of disease. Neurochemical imbalances are not the cause of disease. We use that example a couple times. You know, you're not depressed because you randomly developed this neurochemical imbalance. Well, maybe you had a, a contamination that caused the neurochemical imbalance that maybe makes you depressed but still you know it's not the neurochemical imbalances that cause the disease and I, i'm not so sure about that either but the environmental factors probably contribute to mental illnesses and i wouldn't be surprised if that's the route that it takes um another thing antibodies don't cause disease now this is the, the autoimmune idea uh you know they say oh well our body just randomly starts attacking itself well i highly doubt that uh they say oh well it's genetic origin or it's viral origin Again, I highly doubt that. I I, I really do think that, uh, you know, this is a, a major topic that we'll certainly get into more. Uh, but the antibody, like, you know, idea of being a cause of disease is, is just foolish to me. Um, you know, it, it makes no sense that you just randomly start attacking your pancreas when you're 16 years old. Well, maybe your immune system is not regulated, right? Wasn't developed, right? Wasn't, you know wasn't nurtured correctly. And I think salt, sugar, cholesterol, cause of disease, they're not the cause of disease. We've eaten salt for a very long time. We've eaten sugar for a very long time. And we've consumed cholesterol for a very, very long time. Um, 
cholesterol is the, is the fundamental building block for all of our hormones to lower your cholesterol increase all cause mortality a lot of studies point to that um you know we'll we'll touch on this uh in the future podcast more specifically but the cholesterol myth is just absolutely foolish good book by the way um but yeah same as salt and sugar now if you're going to consume processed sugar that's been bleached and treated with all these chemicals and preservatives and anti-caking agents same as salt you know that might contribute to disease but is it the salt and the sugar or is it the processing is it the additives is it the the chemicals therein uh same as salt is not nacl it's not sodium chloride salt is you know sea salt celtic sea salt um there's arguments against himalayan salt but it's probably not as detrimental as as many people make it out to be uh, another thing, genetics uh, or heredity are not the cause of disease. Uh, now, this excludes birth defects. Um, now, autoimmune diseases are not birth defects. Um, you know, these are not these are not the causes of the disease. These are not at the basis of disease. Our genetics follow our energy. Our genetics follow our our environment. Through the study of epigenetics, we're starting to learn this more and more and more. Right? This even in the modern framework, certain you know can't deny it. Um, you know, our environment depicts our genes. Well, you live in a bad environment, you get disease. Well, it's likely that your parents lived in that environment and their parents as well, right? But go back 15 generations and they didn't live in the same environment. They lived in a little farm out in the middle of nowhere and didn't have any of this disease. Um, you know, and Weston Price's book really highlights this very, very well that, um, you know, even uh, a native who consumes a modern diet who as a child may have all of these deformalities in their face and their teeth, right? And poor jaw structure. Um, but if that, if that child grows up with, even with the deformed face and consumes a native diet, their children will have perfectly straight teeth. Perfect in perfect condition depends on the individual. Yeah. So birth defects definitely do depend on, on the parent, um, on the parents. Uh, both of them contribute significantly are certainly other than that not the cause of disease uh okay we're going to touch briefly on the role of the body uh we're getting time here but uh i'll touch on this briefly so the body is not something to blame right so you know we're not taking the victim body the victim hood of the body we're not taking this we're taking responsibility right we're not going to blame the body we're not going to say oh what's this or we're not going to blame nature we're not going to blame any of this stuff right um now there's a certain interconnectedness to to everything in nature right everything lives in accordance with each other right we've developed in accordance with each other we've we're living in accordance with each other mind body and spirit are all connected they're all equally important you can't have one without the other two can't have two without one you gotta have them all if you want to optimize you gotta have them all um uh you know we'll touch on uh german new medicine this highlights uh this highlights the role of emotion in the and disease, like the, the connectedness of the psych and the and the body uh, very well. And we'll have experts come on and talk about that. Uh, we touched briefly on neuroplasticity and epigenetics. This is modern. This is the modern, you know, the modern science coming up to disprove itself, right? It's, it creates a lot of a lot of problems in the, the theories. Um, yeah. So then, you know, obviously we have the mental plane uh, and the role that it plays. Um, the principle of mentalism that every action is a sustained thought before it occurs. There's always a meant, there's always a thought before something is 
manifested. Um, so the role of the psych, you know, consciousness, um, our ego, you know, I do want to do a podcast on the, on the psyche and the the constructs and maybe look at the history a little bit that, that will likely come down the road. Um, I'll have some people come in and, and talk about it too. Um, but yeah, our ego, our ability to, our ability to understand and manipulate the world around us is kind of the difference from the animal world. Like we're very social beings. It's kind of a major difference. Right. Um, and, and we'll talk about this gets more into the philosophy of, of things as well. Right. So our consciousness, um, very important because everything is conscious, right? So it's kind of a level of consciousness that's different from the animal world. Uh, but certainly through this understanding and manipulation, it's caused a lot of problems. Um, for humans. Um, and, you know, like I said, uh, I'm a Jungian guy like Carl Jung. Um, I certainly don't take his work as dogmatism, but he was so concerned with not becoming dogmatic that that I really, it really resonates with me because, you know, he's not out here trying to reduce symptoms. That's why I like the Jungian interventions. Um, he likes to address the underlying causes of things, the complexes, the personal, or the archetypes in the collective. Um you know, he proposed the structure of the psych that could be certainly debatable, but that we have this ego or this consciousness, and then you have the unconscious, uh, you could relate it well to order and chaos or potential or, um, or unknown and known. Um, you know, so he does, he does break it down nicely. And, um, he was certainly a learned man and, and well-researched, uh, you know, and his ideas of shadow work or complex work, uh, you know, kind of does address this, this kind of a, one of the interventions and in addressing underlying causes of things of our mental states, um, and definitely highlights the necessity of complexes in our, in our lives that, you know, complexes aren't necessarily bad or we have well-adapted complexes or, or maladaptive complexes. And those are the ones that need to be addressed. Um, but yeah, another, another thing that I like is, uh, the personality types that's kind of derived from the Jungian idea. Um, I, I like the way that Lyndall Barron's, John Beebe, and uh, Isabel Myers have uh, have developed the concept of personality types, the 16 personality types. It's good. It's, again, we're not going to take it as dogma. Uh, it seems to be rooted in human nature, at least. Um, don't take the Myers-Briggs test. It's garbage. Um, it doesn't it doesn't consider cognitive functions at all. It doesn't consider true Jungian psychology. Um Often it mistypes people and puts people in boxes. Uh, doesn't overly consider the four sides of the mind either. Um, and yeah, like these personality types, like according to these three, are, are slightly different than the Jungian ones. He had eight, um, but it builds upon the idea and kind of takes in Plato's idea of temperaments, and um, you cross it with the with the types, um, with the, the Jungian types, and it comes to sixteen. So. Um, and we'll touch on this more in the in the psych podcast that I do, or, or maybe some experts. We'll get some experts in talking about it. I think that'd be pretty cool too. Uh, so the next podcast uh, we're going to do a rise of the germ. It's going to be the history of the germ theory, uh, how it came about, uh, problems with it, and uh, you know we're we're, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're against here, and and like I, I don't necessarily like doing that, um, but you know, we kind of, we kind of have to, uh, at this point, um, kind of set a basis, right? So we're like, you know, it, it, it's my hypocrite episode, right? So <laughs> we're going to do that one next. It's going to be good. It's great. It's, we're still going to touch about or touch on, uh, you know, train concepts and, and the fallacies there. And so it is important to know, like, especially if, 
if you're going to consider arguing with people over this, which is a waste of energy, but um, many people love to argue. Uh, the next podcast, Follow the Germ, uh, this is going to be the history of the terrain theory, and we're going to kind of go over the the terrain model of health. We're gonna I'm going to try and really put all my ideas together and into one um, PowerPoint, really present everything that I've learned so far about it uh, in the most concise, clear way possible. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that, I think that will be good. Um, and then the next, the next uh, podcast, hopefully we'll get some guests on um, if anyone agrees to come on. <laughs> I'm sure we can find someone. <laughs> All right. And we're gonna have a little disclaimer here at the end. Um, so the government scientific and medicine establishments are completely controlled and intertwined by vested interests. These establishments and all those invested, of course, have control over the media, school systems, university, etc. All school thought outside the mainstream view is punished and viewed as quackery and pseudoscience, likely this whole podcast. For these reasons, to cover myself legally, I'm obliged to say that I am not a medical doctor and nothing ever stated in this podcast or my life in general should ever be taken as medical advice. This podcast and everything I ever say therein is for informational purposes only. We should all keep in mind uh, that we're all responsible, sovereign beings, capable of thinking, criticizing, and understanding anything. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone put you down. You are enough. You are capable. You can do it. Take some responsibility. Uh, we, the people in the greater forces, are together self-healers, self-governable, self-teachers, and so much more. Please reach out if you have any questions, comments, or criticism. You can reach me at beyond.terrain on Instagram. I'll put that in the show notes below. Uh, and listen, I truly appreciate every single person that took the time to listen to this podcast today. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast or found it informative in any way, please like, share, comment, support me, and help me grow. I know the algorithm's working against me, so we got to fight that thing. Uh, <laughs> remember, there are two types of people in this world. Those who believe they can, those who believe they can't, both of which are correct. Thanks for listening. Take care.